Hey, welcome in, everybody. It's Denny Thompson. Ryan the Hacker Green isn't with us, so I'm pinch-hitting uh, Matt Hayes for Ryan. Seems like a fair trade to me, Matt. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well, bro. How are you? Ah, man, I couldn't be any better at all. Gator Bice is brought to you every single week by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. Go to se-ortho.com. Talking the best of the best doctors around town. Locations all over Jacksonville, so there's one near you. It's where I go. It's where the quarterbacks that I train go. It's where a lot of lead athletes go. You should go as well. Get to Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. That's se-ortho.com. Uh, let's talk a little Gator football, Matt. Uh, Dan Mullen, man. Like I'm just going to put this out there. Is the dude a stud or what? He's doing a pretty good job. You know, the thing that, I, that really, more than anything, Daddy, when I look at his two years there, remember before he got there, this is what the narrative was. There's not a quarterback on the roster. There's not a wide receiver of impact on the on the roster. And now two years later, he has too many quarterbacks. And two years later, he's got these wide receivers, these three guys that will all play in the NFL, and three more guys that, are, if Grimes returns next year, that are going to be a, a form of nucleus of a very, very strong unit next year. So I think what it proves as much as anything is he can develop guys. He can develop talent and, and there are so many guys out there, Danny, that can recruit. Guys that can, you know, that, that are that are just guys that relate to the younger generation, and that can get guys and sell guys on, on programs. But it's what you do once you get them in the program, how you develop them, how you put them in position to succeed is what's so critical. And he's clearly a guy. He and his staff, I should say, are clearly guys that can develop players. I've spent a lot of time around that program, and you you just hit the nail. No, you have as well. You hit the nail on the head right there. Like the development piece seems to be a lost art these days because, listen, if you're listening, you may or may not know this, but coaches are hired more so on their ability to recruit now than their ability to, to on-field coach. Yeah. And, and you're seeing it at, you know, program after program after program. You look at the hires and you start looking at the resumes, and it's usually the better recruiters that, that get the jobs. But what Florida has shown and what Dan Mullen has shown is that if you put the right pieces in place in recruiting and you're confident in your ability to not just develop them on the football field, but in the weight room as well, that may be a quicker way to success and a more sustainable way to success than begging a bunch of 16- and 17-year-old dudes to come to your school. Yeah, yeah I mean, I completely agree, Danny. And you, and you know it from your work with Six Points. I mean, it's, it's about developing guys. And, I mean, the, the best thing I can say about that is, you know, Spur used to always say, I would much rather have a guy who desperately wants to play for Florida than a guy I have to beg to play for Florida. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, I, I'll, I'll also say this. Look, the reality is for Florida to get to that championship level, they're going to need some of those guys you got to beg to come. They're going to need a couple of those five-star guys, a couple of those elite four-star guys, especially along the offensive and defensive fronts. They're going to need those type of guys. So, I mean, I mean, we can't completely ignore that. And I know you know that as well. But I really believe what he's done, the way he's developed those skill guys, uh, you know, the way he's developed the most important position on the field, you know, and, and the way Grantham has taken care of that defense. And again, I don't know how much longer Grantham's going to be there. He's a guy that the NFL comes after all the time. Um, but but I would have faith if I'm a Florida fan that Dan Mullen would, would hire the right guy on that side of the ball. So right now, the most important thing, and really the most important thing from the previous decade, is you've got a guy that understands the concepts of the passing game, understands scoring points, understands how important it is, and they're doing it right now. And they've won 20 games. He's got a chance to win 21 games in the first two years. That's, that's crazy. That's unthinkable. That's crazy. And and maybe the more important piece in the winning 21 games, because we saw McElwain have some success, is the way it looks that he's winning games. The thing that sold me on Dan Mullen, and I'll be completely honest, Matt, when that coaching search went on, um, what was that, two years ago, you know who I was calling for was Mike Norvell, funny enough. 
<laughs> that's who I wanted at Florida. I was wrong. I, I mean, I was wrong. Dan Mullen was the perfect piece for what they needed. But what I've seen and what we've all seen the last couple of years is a big contrast to what we've seen at Miami and Florida State. We've seen Florida get better as the year goes on, which is the number one sign of a well-coached football team is do they look different in week 10 than they did in week two. And each of the last two years, we've seen a team that looks completely different at the end of the year than they did at the beginning. And you can't say that about a lot of the area teams around here. Yeah, and and when you say completely different, you're exactly right. I mean, they, they are a different type. It's not it's, it's confidence. It's the way they play. I think they still struggle on the offensive line, and, and that's just going to be an issue until they get better guys on that line. Um, but, but, I mean, you're exactly right, Danny. To your point, it, is I think we've now taken for granted what he's done with Kyle Trask and what he did with Kyle Trask. I mean, we're talking about a backup who hadn't played since high school. Yes, crazy. He goes in there and just really, really plays well in the most in the, in the, in the toughest conference in college football, in some, in some of the toughest spots to play in college football. Kyle Trask played really, really well. And, and that's, again, that's a testament to the way he develops players, the way he gets them ready to play. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, Kyle Trask, yeah, he's going to be all right. And it's not even, I would say, a majority of the other programs in college football, if you get to your backup, you're in trouble. You're certainly not winning 10 games, I can tell you that. You're certainly not going to be a top 10 team in the country. That's a rarity. Um, you know, he, he's done so much at that spot, Denny. That it, it, we're almost like, you know, Hacker and I were talking about this on our show. You know, Hacker thinks that Emory Jones is going to win the job in the spring because he's going to be ready. Now he's finally going to be ready. He's going to be a complete quarterback then. And I mean, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, can he really do that? Do you really put a guy like Kyle Trask on the bench because Emory Jones is more of a fit for what you like to do? And I mean, I guess he could. There's no doubt that he could. But man, that's, 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 that's taking a big gamble that you're taking a guy that can throw the ball on time like Trask does and accurately like Trask does and and swapping him out for what could be with another guy. And I, and I know Emory's very talented, but, boy, that's that's a big gamble. But also you got to go back to, well, this guy clearly knows what he's doing. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict myself a little bit because you just said a lot in about two minutes that I, I want to follow up on. The first thing about Kyle Trask, what I think as Florida fans we have a tendency to forget is the situation that Kyle Trask was brought into this season in. Down by two scores in a game that Florida was stinking in, that they couldn't get off the field on third and long, that they were getting just their butts kicked against Kentucky at Kentucky with the fans going crazy, tough atmosphere, and all Kyle Trask does is engineer a comeback to win that game. And that seems like so long ago that I don't think that gets the run that it should. Like, Oh, I agree. Totally agree. That dude showed right then and there – that, okay, the moment's not too big for him. And then he just continued to build off of it. And he had a couple games that weren't great, but he didn't have that stinker game. He didn't have that game that you're just like, oh, okay, this is what we give with Kyle Trask. So, I, But with that being said, Matt, I don't think that this is Kyle Trask's job outright. I think it will be a legitimate competition um, in the spring. And, and I do think that if he had beaten Georgia – we wouldn't be talking about this. Right. But, but the fact that they didn't reach their goal of going to the SEC East, this is a brutal world, the college football world. You know that. Oh, um, yeah. It, it, it will be an open competition, and there's always that transfer possibility. And, and as a college now, you have got to factor that into every decision that you make of, 
okay, if if this isn't an open competition, we're probably losing Emory. And do we want to see Emory at, you know, name it, wherever, LSU, right. you know, all those places? No, hell no, they don't want to see Emory at those places. So you better make it an open competition. And then with that being said, who gives you the higher ceiling? And I, and I did an interview um, last week with a, with a website about this. And here's the way I break this down, and you tell me if you agree. Kyle Trask is the safer pick. And by safe, I mean you're going to win nine games at a minimum with Kyle Trask, probably ten. But if your ceiling and your main goal is, look, we want to be we want to be competing to play in this this semifinal game, doesn't Emory have a higher ceiling? And don't you as a team have a higher ceiling along with that greater risk with Emory Jones than you do have a Kyle Trask? The one thing that I don't think you can do this year is you can't play musical quarterbacks. If you go with Emory, I don't know what Kyle can do that Emory can't. So if you decide that Emory's your guy, then I don't I don't know how much how much action Kyle Trask gets. It is a brutal reality, and I get it. And we're talking about something that's five months away, but I think it's the most intriguing story. One of the most intriguing stories in college football this year is how Florida handles this what has become deep quarterback room that they have. Right, I, I, and I'll say this too, Danny. I mean, you know Emory better than anyone, so. So I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know that, that what he's like as a thrower, um, his feeling as a thrower. All, all I'm doing is looking at it from what I've seen. And what I've seen is a guy that can really throw the ball, um, a guy that's accurate, a guy that throws on time, a guy that doesn't get rattled, yeah. a guy that can get knocked down, can get beat up, you know, his knees, tw- uh, you know, it's tweaked, and he comes right back out. So that's how, what I see. Um, I also see a guy who's not really a fit for Mullen's offense. Dan wants his quarterback to be a runner. He likes to do the quarterback run stuff, his own read. Uh, the quarterback power, and he's clearly, Trask is clearly not that type of guy. Now, can he develop into that guy in the next five months? I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, that's what Emory is. And, and, and I think the only the only hesitation I would have with that, Denny, is while while Emory has a high ceiling and he might be as good or better of a thrower than Kyle Trask, no, we he's don't not. Know what, we just don't know <laughs> what we have. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a better thrower than Kyle. I, I, I can confirm that. But, but we just don't know. We don't know what we have. That's the problem. So it's like you said. If you if you if you say okay, I'm going with Emory because he fits my system better, and then you get into a game and you get on the road, or you get here in Jacksonville and you can't throw the ball, you know, then what do you do? So so I mean I, I mean I I totally agree with you. I, I will say this about about Kyle on that offense. I think it has to be more like Felipe, where he needs to be like a willing runner, and you start to do it later in the year. But as much as anything, Danny, honestly. If they get better on the offensive line and they can run the ball yes. at tailback, yep. it's going to open up a lot of things for Kyle Trask. No, no doubt about that. You're listening to the Gator Bites podcast with Denny Thompson. I've got Matt Hayes filling in for Ryan the Hacker Green, who's making his weekly trip to Disney right now. Um, brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, se-ortho.com. Make sure you get over there. Stop limping around. Stop acting like your shoulder hurts. Like It may hurt, but get that crap fixed. You're only 35. You don't want to be living the next 40 years of your life complaining about your shoulder and your knee. Get to Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. Let them help you out with that. That's se-ortho.com. I want to go from that to recruiting because I think we could do hours on the quarterback position at at Florida, which is remarkable for all the reasons you said when we started this thing about how we went from Jim McElwain's dog playing quarterback to now having a crowded room even after Felipe Franks. Yes. Right, right. Too many, right. In fact – 
I will say, I talked to somebody this morning in Gainesville, and that was one of the questions, so my own staff, one of the questions I had was like, bro, you got Anthony Richardson coming in who right now, Matt, the kid is 6'4 and a half, 233 pounds, and I have seen him go sub 4'5", 40. He is a freak. A freak. And by the way, they've got their 2021 commit already in Carlos Del Rio. So it, it's, it is, it's crazy what Dan Mullen is doing with quarterbacks, how he's recruiting, how he's developing. Let's lead that, though, into overall recruiting because people love to talk recruiting, and I really don't want to talk about the bowl game with Virginia because I don't know anything about Virginia other than I'm very unexcited about this stinking football game. Right. They should have they matched them up with Notre Dame. That's another story. Anybody. Gosh, yeah. anybody. Yeah. But, yeah. but from a recruiting perspective, you brought up the whole you're going to have to sign four and five stars at some point. How much, being around the recruiting game, how much does success on the field translate to recruiting, or is it more, in your mind, success in the draft, in the development of these guys and them getting drafted, that eventually will get you into that five-stars household? I, I think I think the, the former gets you in and lays the groundwork, and the latter probably closes the deal. Um, I, I mean, I, the, the, and I think it all, here's another thing, too, Danny. It's going to help them that Florida State and Miami are kind of in transition. They're kind of in a, a state of transition. Clearly, Florida State and even Miami to an extent, because Miami was just all over the place, all over the place this year, game after game. Um, so I think if you're if you're a, a a senior or a junior in the state of Florida, even a sophomore, you know your idea is okay. I want to go to the to, to the place that 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 is consistent. That's not going to have problems that I can go and play, and then I can make an impact at. And I think that helps as much as the other two things we talked about. It's kind of a combination of things, but at the end of the day, the kids also like to go where it's hot. What's hot, and yeah. who's winning, and what it's like to be there. And you know, the days I truly believe this, Danny, and you know this too by working with these young kids. The days of hey, come here and help us win are over, man. I mean, it's you got to be a hell of a coach, or you got to have a hell of a. Of, of a product to sell for a kid to say yeah i just want to come there and help you even though you won six games last year the thing that's, that, i mean that's you know that that's it's hard now it used to be that way it's not that way anymore no it's, and, and it's I, not i and i truly believe that the d line and the o line and this it's the sec man you've got to work your way from the inside out when you recruit that league and, and i just think they're shallow right now they're certainly shallow on the offensive line danny when it's fourth and inches against against your big rival in jacksonville and you're throwing the ball to the perimeter. I mean, stick it in there and get the and get the inches you need. And when you can't do that, that's a problem. And they're, so they're shallow on the offensive line. I think. I think the D line on the interior they might be a little shallow. Um, they're really good on the edge. But man, you got to get those guys, those big beefy guys, to to win at the elite level. Of this league, you can win nine, ten, even eleven games with a bowl game if you don't have those guys. But if you really want to win a championship, an SEC championship, and compete for the playoff, which is what which is what the goal is there. We all know that. You've got to get better on the line of scrimmage. It's interesting because D-line is the easiest and the hardest to recruit. And here's what I mean by that is is it's hard to find these freak athletes. And and, and people listening you know, always think of, when I say freak, of Javon Curse or something like that. No, freak is a kid that is close to 300 pounds that can move. Like it doesn't have to be freak freak like Javon Kirsch. It's hard to find those guys, but the great thing about when you find them is you can recruit eight of those jokers because there's such a rotation now in football that they all get playing time. Right. It, it, it's not like we're going to roll with these four 
and then you four are going to redshirt. No, they're all getting playing time. There's all a way to do it. But the one thing that we just went through, you know, three or four minutes for recruiting, you know what we didn't mention at all? Facilities. And this is the thing that I try to tell Hacker all the time, and I don't know your thoughts on this. Facilities make a kid feel like he's at a major university, and the goal of facilities is to make them walk in there and say, you know what, I can see this being my home for the next four days. But it is not the main draw of recruiting. And it's great that they're spending $85 million, but the minute they get done with that $85 million, Alabama or Auburn or Georgia or anybody else will have built you can't get ahead in that race. If you fall behind, yeah, you, can't. you can't get ahead. Right. It's just not as big of a deal as what people make it out to be. And, Matt, most people, you've been to Florida. Most people, if you took the average Joe, you took him to Gainesville, and you gave him a tour of the facilities right now, as it stands, they would leave and they'd go, oh, man, that's super nice, until they went to Clemson. right? right. The, the average person can't imagine how nice Florida is now. It's not a facilities thing as much as it is, can you get me to Sunday's? Can you get me seen? Can you develop me and let me meet your strength coach immediately? Is that about right in your mind too? No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I I, I will say this, however, it, you know if 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 you're you're at Florida and everything's great, you love it, you want to commit. There's no doubt about it. You want to commit, and you're you know say you're from the state of Texas, you're an elite offensive lineman. You go to Florida, you want to commit. Man, I love everything about it. Okay, I'm going to go see Texas A&M one time, then I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah, Florida. great. Yeah. Then you go to Texas A&M and you see those facilities. And if you like the strength coach, like you said, if you like Jimbo Fisher, if you like your position coach, if everybody there is cool just like they are in Gainesville, if it's all evened out, I mean, you look at what they do, then you start to think, well, this is how they take care of student-athletes here. This is how they do it. So that, as much as anything, really, Danny, is why I think you got to at least stay close because you got to prove to you guys, these young dudes, that, look, man, we're going to take care of you when you're here. Okay? This is going to be how you, we're going to do it. I mean, Danny... You walk into Texas A&M, those facilities, they, you, know, they, you know, the weight stations in this huge 60,000-square-foot weight room. They go to each station, Danny, and they type in their number, yeah. and their face comes up on the computer. Yep. And, and what they have to do, you know, you got to do reps, this reps of this, this of this. It's ridiculous what, what goes on there. And it's not just the Texas A&M. It's at Clemson. It's in Alabama. It's at USC. Like, everybody's doing this now. Yeah, so G- it's hard. Georgia it's has hard, a campaign every, see, every right? year, it seems like, Matt. Every yeah, year, oh, Georgia's know. building something. I know. It, it, it really is something crazy. It, and But at the same time, I, I think the bigger thing for me at this point, being a Florida Gator fan and this being a Gator podcast, is the difference in this program, the, not just the perception, but the reality. It is night and day from two years ago right now. And it's right. not even, and you can take the McElwain win the East years. Man, we weren't fooled. We saw what we saw. We, we saw a terrible SEC East. We saw him at the end of the year not even be able to get in the end zone against Florida State. Or, or screw that, even a field goal against Florida State. Right? We, right? we know what we saw. What Dan Mullen has done the last two years, I, my personal opinion, that helps recruiting more than anything they can build. But, but you are absolutely 100% right. That, that recruiting has got to be a confirmation of how important football – or their facilities is, is a confirmation of how important football is to your university and to your state – I guess my bigger point in this, Matt, is $85 million is fine. It's fine to build that facility. It, you're not going to – that's not what's going to get you the five-star, though. No, you, I, agree. You, I agree. You've got to – pay attention to the draft. Pay attention to where these guys are drafted. That's what's going to get you the five-stars, especially in a relationship-driven recruiting process like what Dan Mullen has. Well, I mean, to be honest, Denny, if, if facilities got you – 
the five stars, Dan would have got him Mississippi State. Mississippi State's facilities are far and away, and I'm including the stadium, far and away better than Florida's right now. Are they really? Far I've never away. been there. Far and away. Wow. So, so yeah, they've got a football only facility too. Well, so look, look at Kentucky's case, facilities. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's another one. Kentucky's another. Kentucky's facility is, you know, when I went and saw Stoops there last year, he was joking. You know, the basketball players are jealous of the football only facility. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, it, yeah, yeah. So if it were, you're right, if it were facilities only, then Kentucky would get every five star in yeah. the Midwest. You know, yeah. And, and yeah. So I, I in South Carolina would get every five star in the Southeast. I don't know if you've seen South Carolina's facilities. They're yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all really, really nice. Well, man, I, I appreciate you filling in. We need to do this more often. We need to get you into the sports den is what we need to do. Hey, anytime. Hey, you know what? Hacker just sent me a text about, uh, he said, this is how I Disney. And I kid you not, Denny, I kid you not. It's a fluorescent green drink, all right, with a maraschino cherry and an orange <laughs> slice on it. I mean, can't you teach him better than that? Seriously. <laughs> No, I'm giving up on Hacker is the most interesting man in the world. If, well, there's no doubt in if my mind. If there's any one person at this radio station that needs a reality show, it is Hacker. <laughs> I'd watch it religiously. I would, too. I would, too. <laughs> well, this has been Gator Bites, brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, se-ortho.com. When I tell you guys that's where I go, I'm not exaggerating. Two years ago, I went in there barely able to walk with my knee. Dr. Swanson helped me out. He's on the sports den every single Monday night. He helped me out. Haven't had surgery, and now run close to 25 miles a week on purpose. I'm not running from anybody. I actually do that for exercise. And, again, haven't had surgery, did a little bit of physical therapy, they can do the same thing for you. You don't need to limp around. You don't need to to complain about your shoulder. Nobody's interested. Nobody cares. Get in there and get it fixed at Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. Tons of locations right here in the Jacksonville area. The all-star group of doctors that they have assembled is very impressive. Get to se-ortho.com. Make sure you tell them that you heard about them on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Matt, thanks again, my man. We'll talk soon. Okay, buddy. Anytime. All right. That's Gator Bites. We'll talk to you next week.